Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 133 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com/shek. S H E K. I'm excited for this episode today. No, the man usually seated to my immediate right, Adam Rank, is still not here. He's MIA, as a matter of fact. The season ended. Who knows where he is? Maybe he's in an automobile on his way out to Indianapolis to review the combine as all the players get ready to work out later this week. I'm very excited. In Studio 66, in a matter of minutes... In shall walk Pittsburgh Steelers safety, Ryan Clark. I say one of the two or three best interviews we've had here on this show and uh, one of the best that you'll hear anywhere. He is one of the most uh, forthcoming guys, one of the funniest guys in the league. And as it happens, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so it's fun to talk to him about that. But I assure you, Ravens fans, Patriots fans and beyond, I will be objective with him because – Things are dark right now in the city of Pittsburgh, or at least with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of backbiting, a lot of whispers, anonymous reports, anonymous players speaking ill of other players. And it's that time of the year where guys are starting to get kicked to the curb. Wes Welker and the Patriots, who knows what's going to happen there. Kyle Vandenbosch and the Lions have parted ways, much to the chagrin of other Lions players, Ahmad Bradshaw, the guy who scored the touchdown about 53 or 54 weeks ago for the Giants, the game-winning touchdown against the Patriots, is now gone and out there on the uh, free uh, free market. And that's the way it goes at this time in the NFL. Yes, some 21, 22-year-olds are getting ready to enter the league. Other guys are being kicked away from teams that they've been with for a long time. So we're going to be yapping with Ryan Clark about all of it. I shall pull no punches with him, I assure you. And uh, before he shows up, let's just say a quick hello to the man behind the glass. Black tie still out on vacation, believe it or not. We go into the tie rack once again. We pull off the Ty Detmer lookalike. Ty Ty, what's the poop? How are we, Ty Ty? Doing very well. Thank you, Dave Damshit. For 
allowing me to continue backup producing. Well, I took program. a lot of heat on the Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Damashek, if you want. And um, a lot of people on Twitter made the call for Blue Tie. I hope you don't take offense to that. Blue Tie, the only female voice to ever produce the show. And uh, we pulled her off the tie rack a few times in 2012. But and people said put her back in there, yeah. but but instead we went with Ty Ty today. Popular vote, not very not very a popular choice for the deciding factor. In these well, things. I think we I, listen. There is I, we'd be lying to say that there isn't a storm cloud gathering in the on the horizon, and this tie rack is going to wage war. I don't know all the all the different ties in our tie rack who've produced the show. I I sense there's going to be a battle royale that takes place here in Studio 66. We might sell tickets to it. You can watch it through the glass, like, you know, when you go to the zoo and you watch all the you watch all the animals get it on. That's what's going to happen here in Studio 66 with the ties. I'm excited. Well, I, you better start working out. Who's your out. bet on? Who's your bet on? Um, not you. Okay. I mean, if it if That's it's fair. if it's raw, if it's I mean, if it's if it's based purely on brawn, then you're doomed. You okay. know, well, what, who, you probably you, weigh less than Blue Tie, and she's a small woman. But yeah. you're what do you weigh? Like about eighty seven pounds. You're about six two and eighty seven pounds. I'm I'm happy to say that I reached the one fifty six mark. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get drafted with those. I don't think you even need to bother heading out to Indy for the combine this week. No, I did send my resume though to the Buffalo Bills I, uh, about their quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. About the I, I have a lot of references and stuff like that. So. I have, I, you know, I've said it, and to be honest with you, I don't know if I would stand by it if a GM or a personnel guy from the NFL actually put a call into me. But I've been hurt before. I've thrown my name into the ring. I announced my eligibility for the NFL draft. I didn't get any calls then, and so I took myself off the market and said, now I'm off forever and take that NFL. Now I'm not going to win games for you. They're lost. Yeah, but you know what? To, can I be honest with you? NFL GMs, if you do call me, I will I will listen. I'll see what – I bet. In the meantime, I encourage you to go to NFL.com and uh, look for the sports car, the first edition of which rolled out just a couple of days ago. That's my new – it's the world's first ever mobile sports talk show. I sat in with Rams running back Steven Jackson. Who knows? Maybe he won't be a Ram in 2013. But anyway, we had a grand time driving around the streets of, uh, of Los Angeles. Kibbit's in about this and that. He's a fun fella. Look for that. It's uh, very entertaining. And Ty Ty, did you see it? I did. I saw parts of it. Uh, most parts of it. Of it. You, it you couldn't make it through. When, you didn't have four minutes to watch. Was, when it was going up, when it was being edited, I, I oversaw and was watching the process. The footage Creep. looks amazing, and the content is great. Everyone should go to the NFL.com and watch. I don't know about you. Immediately. I don't, oh, here he is. Good. Saving. All right, here he comes. Here he comes into the studio. Here, let's uh, let's get buttoned down here. All right, look who it is here in Studio 66, returning now about a year after. His gangbusters debut here on the Dave Damashek football program. I'm a fan of this fella, and I would be even if I weren't a Pittsburgh Steelers guy. <laughs> it's safety Ryan Clark. What's the poop, fella? Oh, man, ain't nothing much. Enjoying some of this good L.A. weather. Yeah, it's nice, it huh? It is nice. It is nice. I like it cool. When did you get out of the – what was it like when you left the Berg? You know what? Um, Last time I went to the Berg, it was five. Oof. Yeah, I got I got in. I flew in for a night. Had a couple of um, things to do up there, a couple of meetings and doctor's appointments. 
And by the time I was leaving, I was all the way ready to go. That's how I feel. I love visiting the cold. I really do enjoy it. Some people say, oh, man, I would never go. It's fun to visit it as long as you know you're leaving it soon. Right. right? It's not as miserable. You know, Mm -hmm. I got there. I had my jacket. I knew I'd be in two or three days and be right back out. So you can bury it and understand, Mm -hmm. okay, I have these two or three days to to freeze, and then I'll be good. But when you live there. When you get caught in one of those blizzards and the snow is two feet high, you have to shovel it out. It's it's, it's not the life you want to live. No, I, indeed. I tell my wife all the time, this is not the wife of life of NFLer, and I should <laughs> I should be out here. I said I should be out here shoveling. <laughs> what do you think about now? Minnesota Vikings. They're going to play some games for two years while they build a new joint for them. They're going to be playing outdoors. Now I say. As somebody who grew up, like I say, in Pittsburgh, PA, I my, the late 70s as a young child, I remember sitting there in January, back-to-back game, back-to-back years, title games against the Houston Oilers, frigid conditions. I loved it. I remember they used to have thermoses, you know, and, and, and uh, my mother would send us off to the game with a thermos of hot chocolate, and my sister Amy and I, we would take the hot chocolate and pour it on our hands to warm them up. <laughs> now, that's that's not advisable for the kids. <laughs> out. You're not supposed to all. do it, but we did it. I loved it in hindsight. How about you as a player? What do you think? Should you be – I, I, I ripped the domes off all these joints, you know I say. I, I tell people all the time, because everybody always says, how do you guys play in the cold? How do you deal with the cold? The cold is no problem to play in. It's actually fun. You know, when you play defense, Troy and I talk about it all the time. I want it to be miserable. I want it to snow because I want the other guys to run real slow. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think uh, <laughs> I think about the AFC championships we've had against the uh, New York Jets uh, most recently, and then when we played the Baltimore Ravens. They were awesome games, but it felt like January football. You know, it wasn't closed then. It felt like, you know, when they talk about the frozen tundra and different things like that, it felt like we were taking it back to the essence of what football was supposed to be. It's supposed to be ugly. It's supposed to be physical. And that's the type of games it, it was. And it was awesome. My wife talks about it all the time. She wanted some Quaker steak and lube chicken wings, you know. So <laughs> yep. they get up to go get the chicken wings by the time they sat down. They were freezing, <laughs> you know. But but that was just part of it. You know, that was part of 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 the excitement of that game, you know, seeing people bundled up in the terrible towel blankets. Yep. You know, having everybody with their scullies on. I mean, that that's football, and I enjoy it. And for three hours, you know, it's easy to take for three hours knowing what you're out there doing and who you're out there doing it for. Yeah, you know, I just, as a matter of fact, I was at that game, that AFC title game, and uh, Troy, I imagine you're probably talking about Troy Palomalu when you yeah. say Troy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes by one name. It's like, you know, LeBron, Kobe. Troy. Yeah, on the banks of the three rivers, at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was the greatest play in uh, Heinz Field history was when he picked it off and ran right, it in there right. against rookie Joe. So maybe we'll have some more time for the Steeler love in just a minute here. But I want to talk about where the 2012 season ended mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods down there in the bayou in New Orleans. Joe Flacco and company hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. The question a lot of people ask me going into that game, as somebody who, who you know, unabashedly loves the black and gold, what's the better result for a Steeler guy, for a Steeler fan? Right. 49ers equaling six rings or I have an answer for this the too. division foe? Because, listen, you and I talked last year, and you were you went on the record, we park our cars in the same garage on this issue. The Ravens were never the Steelers' rival. I always say you – I know you said that. Listen, do something in, in January and February when it counts, yeah. and then we can have a conversation. Right. Now, for the record, the Ravens still haven't beaten Pittsburgh in, in January. In right. Playoff game, but still – They're champions. They're now champions. We have to respect that. So what is the answer to that? What is the – I guess what's the worst result of the Super Bowl? You know, 
honestly, you know, Troy, I keep talking about Troy. We probably talk on the phone way too much for two adult men. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we talked about it, and my immediate, my immediate feelings, the feelings of a current 2013 Steelers are, I don't want didn't want the Ravens to be champions. Uh-huh. I didn't want to have to deal with Terrell Suggs being able to even say he had a ring. Right. And now and and you know honestly that's the way I ended every Ravens conversation. It's like, you know, well, you know, right now we're the champions of the AFC North. We've won Super Bowls when they win one. And so I I didn't want to have to deal with that. I don't know if how other Steelers fans felt, but I do know for the organization, I do know for Pittsburgh, which affectionately is nicknamed Sixburg. It's truly important to be the only team and only organization as far as the totality of Steeler Nation goes with six championships. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. But my immediate feelings are I don't I'm not worried about like Mel Blunt and Jack Lambert and all those guys right now. I'm worried about those guys that we play twice a year having to win. But I understand that Steeler Nation loves to be able to say and they end every argument the same way. When people talk about their teams, they say, So what? We got six. You know, so I know they feel probably mm-hmm. better about San Francisco not winning, but the Ravens winning, ah, uh, it's terrible. I agree. I talked to Ray Rice just last week, and I don't mind telling you this. The Ravens, I don't want to, but I can't help it. Man for man, when I start talking to these fellas, they're nice guys. What, oh. How do I reconcile that, Ryan Clark? Well, well, what well. do I make of the fact that Brendan Ayon Bendejo is a swell fella? Ray Rice is, <laughs> is a decent soul who, when I ask him even about, how dare you do what you did with the terrible tell? He said, I did that to collect it and honor the Steelers and the rivalry. Although he did say, I said, if you could only beat, I for the rest of your days, you can only beat the Steelers or the Patriots, and you would always lose to the other team. Which one would you take? He said he always wants to beat the Steelers. Well, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't doubt that. Or that doesn't bother me. I think that's more a sign of, of respect. Sure. No. For, for, oh, for the rivalry and what we had. So I don't. I don't mind that at all. Um, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I took a lot of flack uh, when when Ray Lewis retired. Mm-hmm. They asked me to be a part of a tribute to him, just talking about his dance. That's all I did, and I tweeted out that I thought it was cool that I got to be. Uh, a part of his retirement and a part of one of the greatest linebackers that I've ever gotten to see. I haven't seen him all, but he's the best one that I've gotten to see. And, you know, I took a lot of flags to the nation. Oh, why would you do that? He's raving this and that. And I've been honest about it. I don't think about the Ravens as a rival or as a um, as an opponent until I play him. You know, like right now I'm not running around. When I work out t- today, it won't be, oh, man, I got to get ready to play those Ravens. It's I have to get ready to prepare to make the Pittsburgh Steelers the best team they can be so we can try to win the championship. But the way our fans see it, you know, they don't see it like that. But they are cool guys. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're – uh, Terrell Suggs uh, started training where I trained last year. So, you know, I saw him every day, and I saw that face, and that face scares me sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, but other, other than that – If you have two eyeballs, yeah. then the, you're going to be yeah. scared of the Yeah, face. but but other than that, you know, um, you know they are, they are good guys. But I think the one thing they were able to show this year um, is that they're a close-knit group. You know, um, they rallied around Ray Lewis in, in his last go around. And also, I think Joe Flacco stepped up. And, you know, I tell people, I've been telling people in Pittsburgh this since I've been back, they deserve to win it. No matter how we cut it, no matter what we want to say, they did what they had to do to win. We can only be mad at ourselves for not accomplishing our goals and not doing what we had to do. All right, let's talk about Joe Flacco and what he did because 
as we get further away from the Super Bowl, he had that spectacular run. I definitely did not think, I don't know how many people on the face of the earth could honestly say, oh, yeah, I thought Joe Flacco could definitely go into mile high and beat a good defense, then win in Foxborough, and then beat the San Francisco. I don't think anybody really could project that going into the playoffs. Mm. Has he now changed the sort of perception, the idea that, you know, I, I, I have long ago said elite, this nonsense adjective elite and what defines QBs in the league is so much hooey and applesauce. You know, quarterback, quarterback gurus made that word. I know. And it's like, a weird do, thing. And there's dudes that are like quarterback gurus who've never played it down in the NFL, never thrown a ball, but they're a quarterback guru. El- elite. Yeah. Yeah, the adjective. <laughs> it's a superlative. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's great. He's excellent. No, but is he elite? It's, a, it's nonsense. <laughs> that's different. Yeah, right. But what now, though, do you make? Do you need to have – I like at the bottom end of that so-called elite thing was Eli and then Roethlisberger, and now Flacco now is one of, I think, seven guys to have a ring, a, a QB right. in the NFL. Does this now modify for the league, as far as you can tell, the sense that you don't have to have Breeze, Brady, Roethlisberger, these guys, to win a title? Can you? Can Mark Sanchez win a Super Bowl? Can you see that happening? Can you see Kevin Cobb winning a Super you Bowl? Know, I think, I think, Andy Dalton, that's a good one in yeah, the division. I, I think it goes back to the question of has Eli's – in, in your eyes or in the in the player's eyes even more so, has Eli's two Super Bowl runs changed our perception of him when we play him? Mm-hmm. You know, because during those two Super Bowl runs, he was unbelievable. He was on point with everything, on target, wasn't making mistakes. But then you still have the 16 games of the season, which is a larger group. And game, he goes 9-7 in of games, those Of games right. to look at. So when you're playing him during the season, when you're preparing for Eli – do you prepare for him as you do a Brady, as you do uh, a Peyton Manning, his brother, who has less Super Bowls? And my answer to that is you don't. You don't. Yeah, you well, don't. So and then so now look at 2013, Joe Flacco. He's gonna be the, he's gonna be the same Joe that he always was to me. I I said it when we played him his rookie year. I said Joe Flacco is a good quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was he was Joe Flacco was never bad. Like they try to make him like he was a bad quarterback sometimes when things weren't going well. He was never a bad quarterback. Joe Flacco is also a quarterback with a unique skill set and that he can throw the ball a mile. So if you play a team, if you play the Ravens and you allow Torrey Smith to get behind you, Joe Flacco is gonna have a good day. If you let Jacoby Jones in cover two late in the game, catch a seventy yard touchdown, Joe Flacco's gonna have a good day. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and I think if you look at what Anquan Bolden was also able to do, he made some tough catches. He really he, did. He made some Super tough Bowl catches especially, yeah. for, you know, for Joe throughout the playoffs. And I don't think, to me, what Joe did wasn't – it wasn't – I wasn't shocked by it. And on the same – I didn't expect it, if you can kind of understand that. Going into the playoffs, I didn't say Joe Flacco's going to throw 11 touchdowns, he's going to be Joe Montana-esque, mm-hmm. and they're going to win the Super Bowl. But when he did it, I wasn't like, oh, this guy was incapable – of doing it. Now to see, like you say, a Mark Sanchez do that, I'd probably jump out of a first story window. Because I wouldn't want to kill myself. I would just want to injure myself really bad. You know what I'm saying? I love myself. I'm not going to kill myself. I see. Yeah. You know, but, and I, I think that's what, you know, kind of answers your question with Elite. Like, does it make a difference? Because remember Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, when they played us, I, I thought he was 
I know playing the Super Bowl, I was like, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. Just because of some of the throws he was making. Then he comes back the next year, the MVP year, and he was the same way for much of the season. You know, so when you play Aaron Rodgers, that's the guy you prepare for. You prepare for the guy that made the Super Bowl run, the MVP player. Um, I think Joe would have to take this performance and put it into the season next year and go a longer way with it and give us more games like that for us to consider him that guy yeah watching that Super Bowl against you guys Aaron Rodgers to me it was really phenomenal to to, because I could see and I don't know if you and I talked about this the last time but you could there was a palpable sense looking at you guys to a man in the secondary I remember I Taylor in particular there was a reaction sort of like wow that ball got there that got on the receiver more quickly than I thought yeah. it was. You guys sort of literally missed time. You went for the ball. Whoa, it's already passed. No, me. we talked. We, I mean, we talked about it then, and you know, we talk about it now. It was. I schemed up um, the touchdown to Greg Jennings. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be in a cover two. I schemed that up since we played him the year before. I said, if Greg Jennings is the number three receiver in the slot, and we're in cover two. I'm going to lock Ike Taylor backside. I'm going to pick this ball off. He's never going to see me. I'm going to score a touchdown. All the people are going to love me. I'm going to be in Steel Allure forever, along with Franco Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, had, I had schemed it up. And we get to play in the red zone, the exact formation. I do exactly what I'd study to do. He never saw me. He never saw me. And he just threw it by me, though. I was right there in position. He threw it high enough to where I couldn't jump and get it, and hard enough to where I couldn't even touch it. And um, the next time they had the ball, there was a timeout. And so he, 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 he like, hisses at me, you know, and I look at him. And, you know, he puts his fingers about an inch apart, and he's like, you were that close. You know, and, <laughs> really? and, and, that was, and it was the truth. And I, I couldn't do anything but laugh. Yep. I was mad. I kind of wanted to punch him. But I would have got fined. <laughs> I always get fined. So I didn't. But it was true. Like, he was in that type of zone. You look late in the game, the same, same play. He throws a seam right over Ike Taylor's outstretched hands. You, Great and you, coverage. A, a same thing. You could see that play yeah. in particular. The Steelers have a chance down six to, to you know, with Roethlisberger, there's a decent chance he's going right. to be able to drive you guys and win that game. That ball on third down, again, yeah, you could see Ike Taylor thought, what? Well, how'd that ball? Yeah, and I it, thought I had that ball. Yeah, he was just he was just in the zone. And he mm-hmm. and, and that's what I'm talking about with Joe. When the start of the next season, Aaron Rodgers was that same guy, mm-hmm. and he eventually goes on to win the MVP. If Joe Flacco comes back to start next season, and he's the guy we've seen you know, in these playoffs, also he's going to be a much richer guy either way, whether he plays that way or not. If he's that guy, then you have to start saying we're not going to use the word elite. We're we're above that. Let's yes. Yeah, on this show we're above that. Yes. But he's going to be copycat. Right. He's going to be one of those guys. Coach Tomlin says it all the time. It's a certain amount of teams who have quarterbacks who can win them Super Bowls. Now there's guys who can Trent Dilfer it. You know, if you have the best mm-hmm. defense of all time and you score on special teams, there's there's guys that can do that. But he says it's only a certain amount of guys who can win. Super Bowls for you, and Joe did that. Well, that's what I guess. That's really what I'm getting at is that now that group would uh, would seem to have expanded to seven. And I don't think anybody would have ever put Flacco in that. You can't deny the guys in the uh, that now are in the club, the elite mm-hmm. club. Now I'm going to see that's the what we'll use elite for. Right. The club of guys that wear rings on their feet. Yeah, exactly. And Flacco is now that quickly. Andy Dalton specifically, because I feel like, and don't take offense, I feel like that's the team to beat going into 2013. Mm-hmm. In the North, and maybe even in the AFC, especially if they can go get one more piece on offense, whether it's Reggie Bush or, dare I say, Mike Wallace or a guy like That'd that. That would be I mean, scary. Yeah, I mean, that offense that would is be scary. And, but with that front seven that they've got going there. Right. Uh, can Andy Dalton, to me, that's the question mark, can Andy Dalton win a Super Bowl? You know, with the right pieces around him, he can definitely win a Super Bowl. I Because I think he's a quarterback that 
if the team was good enough and put in a position to say, hey, Andy, don't lose this, and Dalton won't lose it. And I think he'll make enough throws to allow you to win it. But I think he has to be put in the right position. Um, I don't see, you know, when I look at Andy, I, I don't I don't see that last drive Ben had against the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. uh, when I look at Andy Dalton. That's not to say that he's not a good player. You know, I think he is a good football player. But I'm interested in to see how much better Andy can become. Because if you look at him, a lot of what made him good as a rookie were the intangibles that most rookies have to learn. You know, he wasn't one of those guys like, uh, you know, RG3, even Andrew Luck, who I think is a guy who's not respected enough for his athleticism and his actual ability. Uh, you know, those guys, they make plays because they are so talented. That's where Andy was able to see defense as well. He was able to, you know, know what his reads were, know what his checks were. And I don't know if his his athleticism is going to allow him to be one of those guys that we're talking about now. When you talk about Peyton and you talk about Tom and you talk about Ben and Drew, you know, these guys continue to get better year after year because they had so much to learn. All right, let's talk about the the Steelers situation and what's going on. Obviously, a lot of noise being made about uh, this anonymous guy, this anonymous Pittsburgh Steeler um, saying that Lamar Woodley was out of shape. They didn't see him working out. Um, I've read your remarks about that initially, but what what was your reaction when you first heard about that? First thing I did was text him. Honestly, that's the first thing Woodley. I did. You, yeah, you I, t- I text Wood. I said, "Hey, man," I said, "I said, did you, I just said, did you see it? You know?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, I saw it." He's like, "You know, I'm not worried about it." He's like, "I'm gonna come back ready." And I think, um, you know, and I can be honest about this, and I know Lamar won't be upset. I mean, Lamar and I talked about this all season. You know, um, I wanted him to train where I train in Arizona, uh, performance hands professionals. I think it's the best place in the world. Uh, to train and prepare for the season. And oddly enough, Lamar started there last Monday, you know, where a lot of guys aren't even working out right now. So I think uh, what's happened is, you know, he was injured last year. Whatever the reason was, was the reason. Uh, Whether it was because he didn't work out hard enough or whatever it was, he was injured. Lamar being injured and not being 100% hurts our team. Lamar wants to be great individually. He wants to win Super Bowls. And he understands in order to do that, we need him healthy. Um and so he's training. He didn't seem to care too much that that somebody said it. Uh, but to me, the problem is it shows a fracture in the Pittsburgh Steelers that we aren't used to seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you look at our team, uh, the thing I admired most about the Ravens was the way they came together around one player, the way they bonded as brothers and family. And that's the way you win Super Bowls. Uh, the reason Pittsburgh Steelers are usually good is because of the type of organization the Rooney's have put into place. You know it's a family. You know, if you're a Pittsburgh guy, you know Pittsburgh Steelers are family members of mm-hmm. the rest of the Steeler Nation. And so I think that shows a fracture in that mindset, a fracture in, you know, in that skeleton of what has built the organization. And that's the saddening part. Uh if I if if I would have said it, if someone would have asked me, I just would have owned it. Well, you know, here's the thing to me. I would drive Lamar, that's cool that you say he's not that bothered by I'm the sort of guy that would drive me crazy. I would say we don't do another thing until somebody says, who said that about me? Right. Who talked to Ron Cook, the journalist, and said that to him? I want right. to know who, which one of you guys said that stuff. I right. would never be able to move forward. How is that, how is that not going to cause I think, conflict yeah, I think, with you guys I now? think I think it would bother me in a sense, but I'm the, I'm that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, um, I feel like if I say it, I would tell you first before I even said it. But you know how I felt, so you wouldn't have to question whether or not I said it. So I want the same thing in return. 
but Wood Wood is different. You know, Wood kind of marches to the to the beat of his own drum, and to him, that's not what's important. I think to him, what's important, uh, which is his next sentence after we text, he's like, "I'm coming back ready." Period. You know, and I think more so that's his way of addressing it than saying, "Hey, one of y'all gonna tell me who said this." His way of addressing it is to say, "Okay, that's how you feel when I come back, when I ball, when I come back in shape, uh, when I'm doing, when I'm playing better than you are." You know, it's not going to matter that you never told me who said it because I know that I proved that person wrong, period. And mm. I think that's the way Wood looks at it, which I think is better, honestly, for the team than if somebody would have said that about me because obviously it would have been a problem. <laughs> you know, so uh, I would have been crying and complaining. <laughs> I would have been going to, to, to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, knocking on their doors. I demand answers. Who said yeah. this nonsense about I me? Mean, I mean, you know, and it's it's upsetting to me, though. You know, mm-hmm. as somebody who, who's looked to lead on this team, because this is where the leaders have put us. This is where we are, you know, and it comes along with being eight and eight. You know, if we were mm-hmm. 12 and four, if we made it to the playoffs last year, even if somebody said this, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because we were a good team. You know, we deal with it and, you know, internally like, OK, let's figure out who said it or whatever. But it's a big deal because you're not very good. And so that's the thing we have to work on first is becoming closer as a team and understanding that, you know, you don't win when everybody's not together. I think you're doing a great job. I'm not accusing you of having said it, but if you did, this is a great tact you're taking. It's like, I would have handled it this way, so clearly it wasn't me. Clearly it wasn't me. Or uh, was it you, and you're very cagey, Ryan No, you know what? I mean, this is is what I'll tell you. If it was me, the concussions have totally made me forget. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. You know, maybe. You know know what, though? And the... The funny thing to me is, you know, and I'm not a journalist. You know, I wasn't a journalism major. Me either. Well, I, well I was a journalist major, but somehow right. I, I don't ask. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, li- I like to recklessly speculate. Yeah. Rather than you know, I mean, work. in mass comm, public relations, so it's different. But, you know, with I always wonder how those conversations take place. You know, is it a situation to where I come to you and say, hey, look, I'm going to answer this question about Wood, but I don't want to be named. You know, I don't know if it happens like that. Or if it happens that we're just having a conversation, you never said off the record, you know, so anything I say can be used if you want to. But since you never actually were interviewing me, you looked out for me and didn't put my name in, Mm -hmm. you know. So I always wonder how those conversations go because I've never had a reporter come to me and say, hey, I want to ask you this question, but I won't name you. And I've also on the other side never, never, ever said I'll answer this question, but please don't name me. So I often wonder how those things, you know take place and how cowardly you have to be to say hey i'll answer your question but don't say my name mm-hmm. so it, I, hmm. so I th- you know it's just frustrating sure i guess those are the type of things i think about how do these things come about well i like to recklessly speculate but i want to let you go so let's get into <laughs> some fast let's get into some fast uh, q a here but do you have a guess who it is i know you're not going to say a name <laughs> but do you think it's an offensive guy I would say it has to. It has to be defense. Has to be defense. That's what I, that's what I would think. Because there's a lot of we and us in it. You know, yeah. in the comment, we yeah. didn't see. I, I don't think it's as a for instance. It could be Mike Wallace. I I don't think it's him it, though, uh, because he wouldn't we Mike. and us it. But it's he wouldn't we and us Mike. it because he's now in a an adversarial spot with the Steelers. No, not somebody on our team. I think it's someone that uh, that plays defense, just in the sense of you would have to say they felt a personal. Let they, they had a personal letdown mm-hmm. by it, you know, like I wish he was out there with us type of situation. Interesting, interesting. Man, you are always uh, forthright, you know. I consider you an elite interview, Ryan Oh, thank Clark. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> best, uh, real quick, 
best organ, best human organ, because we were just talking before we went on the air <sighs> that about your spleen, and you can get by without it, so therefore it's, it's not, not essential. Not really, it's not really a cool organ. Yeah, we don't. Get yeah, by if you don't it. need it, then how yeah, cool is it? If I don't need it. it, yeah. I mean, all I, can, all I can lose now, I think, is my appendix. I can lose my appendix right. and still be okay. Gallbladder? It's gone. Oh, that's also gone. Yeah, those went, they went together. Really? They were a couple. So you could go appendix, why, I, d- and human beings are okay without those? And you could go kidney, too. You could go you one. Can't, you can't go both kidneys, though. No, no. But you could lose one you of two kidneys. One. Isn't that interesting one. that you get two of those? Kind of fun. That, and one is, you know what I always, why don't we get two hearts? But this is, that would be great. You know? Two awesome. brains would be nice. Well, you know what, though? If you had two hearts, it would, like, lessen the importance of the heart. And we use it for so many other mm. things. You know, like, it would really just blow women's arguments out of the water if we had two of them. Yeah. She'd be like, your heart's supposed to belong to me. Well, the one on the left does. Yeah, right, right, You know, so I think that's why he only gave us one of those. Yeah, but are we, is this world devoted to what what other, if we had two hearts, then we, we, you know, we're not responsible for our actions, you know? That heart is yours. Yeah, and the other one. My my lady love. My left heart loves you. (laughs) That's why I always hug you and hold your hand with my left hand. Uh, um, what is uh, what? A quick question: What is uh, Hollywood's problem? You were in the Batman, the latest one. You were on the Gotham Rogues. Why does Hollywood hate Pittsburgh sports teams? Let me tell and you. Blow something. it up. <laughs> yes. All right. They called that one Gotham, but that's in Heinz Field. Everybody knows it. Black Sunday, Super Bowl ten, terrorists attack the Steelers. Sudden death, the Jean Claude Van Damme picture. Yeah, definitely. Hockey, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Igloo. Even in the natural. Have you seen the natural with Roy Hodge? He hits that home run. Against whom? The Pittsburgh Pirates. What happens? The lights explode. Those dangerous shards of glass and everything are falling down on those poor outfielders. I tell you what. What Why does Hollywood have it in for Pittsburgh? This is what I'll tell you then. I have something good for you. Um, I saw 42 already. The new Jackie Robinson movie coming out. Uh, Thomas Toll. Right. You know, big Pittsburgh fan. Obviously one of our owners now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let us see it. The guy who made it is from Boston, New England. One of the guys uh, over the movie. So many Pittsburgh digs in the movie. Really? Constantly throughout the movie. And Thomas told us this before the movie. So it's hilarious because we're all sitting there like loving it. The whole movie, Pittsburgh digs. You're going to love it. You're going to laugh. <laughs> I'm going to be you're angry. Gonna, like, you're going to laugh now because I told you. <laughs> you're like, right, if you were right. in there, you'd be like, what the heck? But, yeah. How is it possible that Ryan Clark, you're one of many guys who sort of fit this description, but how is it possible with as much focus and attention and time and money and everything else devoted on the draft? How does Ryan Clark go undrafted? It's not <laughs> like you went to Oswego State. You know, you no, went to a Blue Mountain State. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> you, you, you're at LSU and you're and you're a big contributor to those LSU yeah. teams. And you're second, games. right? You're second uh, all SEC in your senior year. How is it really possible? Is it just purely like, well, he's five the, foot eleven. So therefore, we can't draft. Him? You know, what I think I was I wasn't very big. I, I wasn't very fast. Um, I probably didn't. You know, I didn't test well. And so I think, you know, they were like drafted him make, doesn't make much sense because he won't be immediate immediate help i um i actually accepted it very well because i kind of understood it because i understood football I, mm-hmm. I, I was like looking at me i wouldn't think to myself hey this guy is going to play 12 years in the nfl you know but i think the thing is once you get me in the classroom once you get me on the field understand how i love football how i love to play the game and how hard i was going to play it um it kind of helped me out so 
you know, it worked out well. I mean, it just cost me a couple of dollars in the beginning, but it's all come around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, last thing for you then is the the issue that, you know, all sorts of rumors right now about the, 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 the state of the, the Steelers' payroll. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of rumors about who's going. Ryan Clark's name, if you go online, you'll see. Is Ryan Clark yeah. in jeopardy there? Do you think you're with the Steelers in 2013? I believe so. I, I believe so. I think that – um. My play has spoken. Also, my leadership mm-hmm. uh, to the team, I believe. So I want to be there, obviously. But, you know, they said big changes are going to be made. You know, I recently uh, cut my Twitter off for reasons that had nothing to do with the team. And I had people calling me. They're saying in Pittsburgh, you cut your Twitter off because you're retiring. They're saying you cut it off because you're getting cut. I was like, I wouldn't turn, cut it off because of that. I was like, because then I try to do TV, so I need a Twitter. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I hope to be there. And I think I, I think I will be there Um. I don't know if you get rid of a guy coming off of a season like I had, probably my best in 11 years. Um, but changes do need to be made. Obviously, we're against the cap. Omar Khan's always done a good job of keeping us below it uh, when the season starts. So we'll see. James Harrison, Mike Wallace. I mean, it's scary. These guys I mean, are, scary. These guys may not be. I predict that neither one of them is with the Steelers. You know, I, 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 think, I don't mind telling you. I yeah, think that they're both going to be gone. I think what's scary about that is, is when – to me, when you think about a Mike Wallace, or for me, more so a James Harrison, a guy who I, I put in more time, it's like there's not another one, you know, and not just on our team, but, you know, other teams. Um, I think, you you know, we, we lose a lot if we lose James. And, and, you know, but you're right. I've heard that from, from you know, even more people um, than, than, than just you, so I'm not upset with you for saying it. But, um, you know, it kind of it shakes me to hear about it because he's a friend, a close friend. But I know what I'm getting with him every week. You know what I mean? Even when it, his knee was bad this year, when he had back problems, you're talking about a guy who fought through back problems all year to play for us and immediately was told at the season, but you have to get you have to get this surgery. You know, so knowing a guy who plays through things like that, you kind of grow an affinity for him. All right. We'll let you go, Ryan Clark. You're the top's best invention in history. <sighs> best and worst, cell phone. Ooh, best and worst. That's a powerful. You really made me think with that one. Best and worst. Best and worst. Because ultimately it's caused a divide among humankind, hasn't yep. it? It may it separates it us. It separates us. While it, it brings al- us it allow- together, theoretically. It, it, it allows us it allows us to keep people at bay. And yet it you think, of course, it keeps us connected anywhere we go, and yet right. it's caused the division. Text message. Heavy. Brother. Wow. Heavy stuff out of Ryan Clark. <laughs> to me it's cooked food. How about that? How about food that gets cooked? Now we would be wouldn't be much fun to be alive if you didn't get to have grilled. You know what? I didn't, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, yeah. that's how that's kinda, that. That's become the best and worst thing for Americans too. Yeah, also true. Yeah, because we just they people just walk around more obese because the food is so awesome. <laughs> well, New Orleans in the bayou no is about the number it. one responsible for that. All right, and also beer is also a good invention too. We can agree on that, right? Great invention. All right, good. Great invention. All right, listen, Ryan Clark, you're terrific. <laughs> I like I say, even elite. And uh, we always enjoy you coming in here to Studio 66. Great seeing you. Have a great offseason. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you wearing the black and gold in Heinz Field and maybe even in Baltimore for that, whatever it is, the Thursday night opener. I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? That's that's what they're going to do is put you out there, For the last time, I'm going to say this. I told Troy, I said, Troy, they're going to make us play that game. (laughs) He's like, they would never do that. They didn't make us. They didn't let us play them. (laughs) 
Now, that's my favorite thing yet is the Troy Polamalu impression. <laughs> it's got a little Mike Tyson kind of quality it to it. Like, it's weird. surprising. Like, wow, that guy, the guy who's devastating guys like that and talks like that, oh, it's always funny. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan Clark, enjoy, uh, enjoy your remaining days in the NFL, and then we'll look forward to seeing you uh, doing this, yapping and flapping your gums about yeah. the players for the next 25, 30 years after because <laughs> you definitely are going to be one of the very best the, the, uh, from day one on when you uh, decide to become an analyst. Appreciate it, my man. All right, there he goes, the great Ryan Clark. Clark. Off he goes into the streets of Hollywood. The great Ryan Clark. Shame the devil if he doesn't wear the black and gold in 2013. Ty Ty. What a guy, right? I know. Is there a better interview in the NFL that you're aware of? I'm trying to think sincerely. I don't want to get into hyperbole, but he's he's pretty good. He's in the top five, right? Oh, absolutely. I remember, though, uh, Martellus Bennett came on NFL Fantasy Live earlier Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, He was great. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he's sort of uh, loony a little he's bit. He's a big goofball. Yeah, he's good. Uh, um, I know I've had some some great conversations. There are a lot of great guys in the league. Is the bottom line the, the, that Terrence uh, Newman that have a good time? Terrence Newman's great, but man, Ryan Clark isn't just funny though. He makes you think. He made that, that cell phone answer is spooky with how with how good it is. It's right. It is a great invention, but it's also diabolical his Troy Palomalu impression that was strong you know also how about the fact that he says you know we're having fun talking about the 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 Steelers this offseason and the trouble they're having but basically his guess is and I don't know what he knows I'm sure he seems like he doesn't spare with the honesty and he and his guess is that it's a defensive player saying ill about Lamar Woodley. He would know better than I, 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 but I don't get the sense that he's hiding something from me. Maybe he is. How dare Ryan Clark come in here and lie to my face like that? Never on the show again. No, I take it back. I do want him back on the show. But, yeah, that's interesting. Strong words about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton can win, but he you know, would be surprised. Strong if- words about Sanchez. <laughs> Jump out of a first-floor window. That's excellent stuff. Yeah, wow, he's good. That's the bottom line. He's terrific. All right, Ty, Ty, do we press on? I think we just shut it down here because we're not going to top yeah, that. there's no way. All right, we'll, be de- we'll do at least one more during the week here. Is, is Black Ty back in here? You know, I even if he told me that he was, I wouldn't you know, necessarily believe it. Well, your time wasn't occupied watching the sports car with me and Steven Jackson. So what is it that consumes your time? It's not eating that uh, that uh, is taking up your time. What is it? A lot of combine stuff coming down ah. on NFL.com to look forward to. We uh, can unveil the curtain. We have some great combine web pages coming up uh, based on the 40 times. So, guys, look out for that. I'm sure we'll promote that on future podcasts. Oh, and I did uh, I did some uh, just a, a fun piece. I think it'll be the first installment of I think we're doing five of them in which um, me and an expert uh, an a- as expert analyst develop, we like Frankenstein, we, we build the ultimate blank. And in this first one, I believe it's the quarterback one, me and Daniel Jeremiah building legs, arm, brain, heart, two hearts. That was the, maybe the best stuff out of Ryan Clark. The two heart business was funny too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to do that. What's your answer, though, to the other question that I put, the, the other deep heavy question that i threw at him best invention in mankind's history i when i was thinking about it you know various thoughts came into my head and one kind of triggered a bingo for me and that was deodorant hmm so if you if you see someone a lot of your opinions based on if they smell really bad that sticks with you sure we would all smell really bad without deodorant but some would you know would smell worse it's just, would they 
I've because this is an issue actually. I like the the where your head's at because I've asked that same question. How bad? Because deodorant, how long's it been around? Maybe two hundred years, maybe. Ops. Right. Yeah, I mean, ops. I can't imagine a lot. I mean, was it deodorant? Was were the guys in the Civil War out there putting that on in the morning before they went out and into the fields? If you lift that invention from the history of man. Think how different the world would be right now. Just that one. I mean, you could say that about a lot of things, but your day would be a lot different if no one was wearing deodorant. Or would we all sort of sink to the same basic level and accept the stench of each other? Because, listen, it went on for thousands of years. Exactly. How did they do it back then? That Maybe if you went back in time to when they didn't have deodorant, what would be the first thing you would notice when you were having human contact? Would it make me throw up, do I, you think? I don't know. I bet I would be repulsed by it. Yeah. But they probably, they just become inured to it, right? Or or if they met you, they would think, wow, Dave Damshek, you smell amazing. And then I would rule the world, wouldn't I? Yeah, we got to invent If we machine. had, yeah, that's, you know, the... Can you go backwards in the in the Time Machine DeLorean? Yeah, I was just going to say, that's sort of the that's sort of the jerk answer. I hate when people come up with jerky answers to, to good questions, and Ryan Clark did not do that. He had some good stuff on it. But, you know, that's when you say, like, what's the best invention? Somebody might say the next one. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds smart, you know, that jerk. But here is an invention. We do need the time machine already, you know, or teleportation even better. I want no more traffic, you know, because then the wheel, what will we need? People now might say fire or the wheel, the best invention. Not that fire is really a proper invention, but figuring out how to ignite it when you need it and control it and all that but the wheel we won't need wheels anymore when we have teleportation hey you know what i'm in the mood for for some uh, for a baguette with some tasty french cheese all right i'm going to paris i'll be back in about 20 minutes in the year 3000 you know? in the year 3000 when two guys are having this conversation on a podcast they'll be thinking remember what life was like without the teleporter mm-hmm. yeah well that was that has to be the best invention in the history of man the maybe teleporter. they'll reference you and me Maybe. Maybe they'll say, like, there were two guys who had the, the foresight to have that discussion way back in 2013. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I think we should uh, – I, I thought we were going to wrap it up here yeah. so we didn't carry on and get into an anticlimactic we spot do that here. Now, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> what's done is done. We'll quit while we're behind. All right, Ty Ty. If you're not back on the podcast later in the week, swell work. And if you are back, then all the better. And we'll look forward to yapping with you. We hope by then Rank will be back. We'll have the Around the League Debate Club guys back in here. Sessler and Hanzoos. By the way, make sure you go back and dig it up. I gotta, we got to play that back at some point this week. The Richard Sherman interview they did with the, uh, the great uh, Seattle Seahawks cornerback, of course, talking about the draft and some other things and trash talking. It was very interesting stuff. That was on episode number 132, our most recent episode. I encourage you, nay, demand that you go back, check that one out. Why don't you just subscribe to the show, the DDFP, and then you'll have all of them there for you, waiting for you on your iPhone and whatever, wh- whatever other uh, diabolical devices Ryan Clark uh, apparently considers them to be. I'm waiting for you on your cell phone. Do that, and uh, and we'll get you ready for the combine and the draft and free agency and all that jazz. But in the meantime, thanks to Ryan Clark, to Ty Ty, and to all the rest, we'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.